Coming up, the Ben Simmons revenge tour is poised to be a big one. After some in-print conversations, he gets on camera and provides more context for what could be the best storyline in the NBA this season. We dive in, coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, uh, yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie, owner-operator of DFSR, for all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel. He's got you covered. I'm Adam Armbrecht, breaking down the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast. My boy, Andy Mack, we thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free on all those great platforms. And Doug, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons is on a media tour. Destined to tell you why he's ready to bounce back most recently, sitting down with Fox 5's Tina Servasio to really, I think, double and nay, triple down on the fact that he is ready, healthy, physically, mentally to get back to arguably one of the top players in the league, potentially, when we talk about form. Yeah, it's his first local interview. Now that he's back in Brooklyn, he was doing um, his his uh, off season training in Florida that, you know, we knew that from the last time when he talked to Mark Spears and they did a really extensive interview, go back a couple of weeks where we talked about that, uh, that interview he did. And that was really about as wide ranging as you'll get from any professional athlete, um, just yeah. in terms of the past, the present and the future when it comes to him um, and just being really, really honest about things that had not gone well mentally and physically for him over the last couple of years. Now back in Brooklyn, talking to Fox five, and sitting down and doing a fairly long-form-ish interview uh, with Servasio and really just, you said doubling and tripling down, and that's sometimes that makes it sound like it's a bet, but the other way to interpret this is a, a Ben Simmons who's coming into this year probably wanting to accomplish two things. One, rewrite the narrative based on sort of what happened last year and mm -hmm. also set the tone, or over the last couple of years, and also set the tone for a guy who wants to play into the idea that like that he has a ton left in the tank here, right? Sure. And that these last couple of years were not good reflections of what his skill set is as an NBA player. And you just can't look at this any other way, but feel start feeling extremely confident. Maybe you want to say once bit twice shy with some of these guys, but with Simmons, it's getting real. The narrative is, is, is is on such a positive course and i and i don't think it's fabricated and i have an example of where i thought it was a little fabricated um mm -hmm. that we can talk about from the past and this just seems like a, a guy who's just rip roaring ready to play well and this i use the term double and tripling down and you say listen he's betting on himself that's for sure and and yep. you can bring up where in the past maybe we felt like we've been getting led a little astray i just cannot think that Ben Simmons would be as out in front of the media ahead of this season if he didn't, in his mind, know two things. One, the previous versions of me trying to come back when I was brought over from Philadelphia and the superstars were here, even last season as well, after the All-Star break, all this stuff. If I didn't truly know that, one, the injuries were holding me back, I, cannot, I just cannot imagine him setting this type of tone because he is now making it very clear, I'm ready. 
I, yeah. I the expectation can now be set that I am going to be the highest level version of Ben Simmons as you've known me as an NBA player. And if I'm not, he's welcoming the criticism. So it, it really is starting to set this expectation, at least for me, that we can say from game one, he should be ready to go. He should be in that lineup. He should be performing to expectations and really changing potentially the way we look at the Brooklyn Nets season, which we'll get to later on in this episode. Yeah, look, if you take you, you, you know, slide out some quotes, it just talks about how excited he is to be back in Brooklyn, just, you know, doubles down on the that the, the guys that he's playing with. I'm paraphrasing here, um, saying that this year is going to be different than it was has been for the last couple for him. Talk about his health where he said he feels amazing. And that's something that we heard with the Spears interview, too, where it was just like total night and day when it came to how he was feeling last season and the season before, but really specifically last season with the back and the legs and how there was this trickle-down effect from all the issues he was having related to his back, which it seems like, you know, the microdisectomy that he got is now, you know, 18. No, it's now a year plus after having been done, which is a rat, which is plus the recovery time on when that kind of thing is supposed to happen. Plus the rehab that he's been doing, uh, over the course of this offseason does sound like, you know, physically that he is getting back to a place where we had seen him like all NBA levels back in Philly, right? Prior to mm-hmm. prior to the trade when he last played, which was all all NBA, all defense, uh, the kind of guy who really did frankly all the things that the Nets are going to the, the just the kind of player the Nets are going to need this season, but yeah. Look, you can athletes say a lot of stuff it's a PR game as much as anything else. I get it. The summertime is sometimes the worst time to evaluate what's going <laughs> to happen with a guy based on, you know, interviews and videos. But I just, I'm with you. I just don't think he would be making such a full court press on this public facing part of his persona if he wasn't feeling super confident. Like this does not feel put on. Does that make sense? Like this, th- this feels like the only thing you would only do it if you felt very, very confident because there's enormous downside risk to doing it. Yeah, and he's still earning his paycheck, right? Just like he has been. He is earning a ton of money, and there's nothing to have stopped him from saying, yeah, it's been difficult, you know, and I don't mean even an interview, just personally for him to go, yeah, it's been rough, and I've been injured, and, you know, I'm earning this check, and people are talking S about me. Okay, and we'll see how it goes. I'm going to work out and do my thing, and it doesn't really matter. There does seem to be some alleviation, and we've talked about this previously, around now that the superstars are gone, now that the pressure is maybe off of what the expectations were as far as what you needed to be relative to championship goal and everything else, physical and otherwise, it's just easy for him to say, this is where I'm honestly at. There's a zero pressure here in terms of him being healthy and ready to play and that equaling X. No one is saying the Brooklyn Nets need to be a deep playoff team. No one is saying they need to be competing for a championship. So now in that regard, he can go ahead and say um, that there's an opportunity here for me to perform at a high level and not have it be a one-to-one correlation necessarily around team success. Though, coming up here in a second, we'll highlight some of these additional quotes out of the interview and tie it in directly to what it means for Brooklyn, what it means for Mikhail Bridges, and what it means for this season upcoming. Before we get to that, i going to tell you about our friends over at Jace Medical bringing you the Jace Case 5 life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. Look, these days, the worst thing you can be is in a situation where you're waiting to get medical help, where you're waiting for to get into an appointment at a doctor's office, whether it's for you, like for me with the kids, like sometimes you're sick. 
The kids are sick. You need the antibiotics. They're going to help you just get past whatever's bothering you. And you don't want to be waiting for, you know, people to pick up the office phones. You don't want to be waiting for supply chains that are breaking down. You don't want to be waiting for test results that haven't come in yet. Jace case solves all this stuff. You're not going to be caught unprepared. You're going to be empowered to care for yourself and your loved ones during those unexpected times where you need it the most. Jace case is sending you five life-saving antibiotics with a, from a team that's doctor, this this group is just doctor made, doctor certified. You can even get on the phone and talk to a doctor to get everything approved, so you know you're getting the best medical advice uh, out there. Save more than three hundred and sixty dollars by getting these life saving antibiotics with the Jay's case, plus an additional twenty dollars off. Got to use my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. This is where we are with this stuff, folks. Just don't even mess around with it. Go to Jay's case. Get what you need. You won't have to worry about it. Save a little money in the process too. Use the promo code locked on with jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com code locked on. All right. So as we continue the conversation around one Ben Simmons, what kind of form we think he's ready to return to and how bullish he is that he's going to be able to help this team. We'll get into obviously what it means, I think, for the Nets and expectations in this season because that. Uh, it could not be any more massive when you think about the top players on this roster. Ben Simmons would be in the top two, right with there with Mikhail Bridges, if we're talking about talent and track record around the NBA. Pulling back from that uh, conversation there as well with the interview with local Fox 5, um, he did say, so a couple of the quick ones here. I'd say the hardest part was not being able to do your job to the fullest. We heard this with the Mark Spears article yeah. as well. I never have excuses I've never tried to say anything uh, about different things going on, but I was dealing with an injury at the time. So I did what I could in the moment and went on to say, I owe it to everybody, the fans, everybody to get back to where I need to be. That's what I did this summer to get back. That's mostly, you know, the, the cliche words that you use, but he didn't acknowledge any of that stuff going back, you know, the past year when he talked about it. And, and I, I think in that way, you connect these threads as saying, he probably was being honest. I'm frustrated. It's difficult. And on the mental side of things, the mental health side of things that we you can't gleam inside of someone's mind and where they are from that perspective, I don't think that Ben Simmons was capable of having those type of discussions, of having some self-assessment around where he was. Like There is this correlation to me of both sides, the mental health side and the physical health side, where it just seems like Ben Simmons is about as well balanced as he can be in all phases to be able to feel confident giving interviews like this in print or on TV. Yeah, that's the hope, right? I mean, again, yeah. like I, I'm not sure where there's the PR totally... piece that you've that you've mentioned here that I think is very legitimate and that's real, and we know that that exists, right? When it comes to pro athletes, for sure. And I'm not sure Simmons has gotten like completely the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the situation, just because we've seen at times like a lack of you know, just improving on different parts of his game or lack of acknowledgement of those, like those holes. I don't think that's like, I don't necessarily think it's a strike against him, but it, do, it does make me not want to take this fully. Right. Like, it, sure. Because again, this is all just still talk. All right. We haven't told it's five on five and it's real live action. And we see it with our own eyes. I think we ought, we, there has to be at least even the most bullish Ben Simmons defenders have to at least acknowledge that it's not just a slam dunk to that he's going to come back and just be the amazing version of himself. Like, I just think we're really still far removed from it. Go ahead. And then I, cause there's another one more point, but yeah, what, yeah. What do you mean by that? Cause I will, what I will say is all of these things, whatever it's going to look like, if he's not out there starting lineup game one of this NBA season, 
then 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 I'll take everything with the biggest, most massive grain of salt from him because all of these things are telling you that he's ready to play, whatever that looks like. Maybe he won't be the same player that he once was. Maybe he, you know, the role is going to look a little bit different on this team. That's all fine. But if yeah. he comes out at the start of this year and says, getting closer, then I'm gonna there's gonna start to be a big pullback here in terms of any level of confidence when he speaks about where he is physically and where his game's gonna be. I'm just gonna go, yeah, maybe. Or maybe, or maybe it's all just a bunch of nonsense and you're just trying to get people off your back for an extra six months while you don't get yourself out there on the court. I don't think that's the case, but that's what I'm waiting for. Like you still have to hold your breath here a little bit. For sure. Because like, if you went, if you look back to the season before he went in and did, he did the old man, the three podcasts with JJ Redick, you know, we felt pretty confident ish at times. Although I felt like there was a weird sort of like tonal sort of gap in what he was talking about, even at the time, which was, you know, lack of acknowledgement. So, and this is one, one of the big differences what's happening this summer is I felt like last year with JJ's podcast, there was a lack of acknowledgement around certain things that had gone on. It was just like, Oh, you know, you know, kind of like bashing the critics and not wanting to hear it. And like, you know, Whatever. nobody know I'm paraphrasing this too, but like, you know, I, I'm not listening to any of that. I'm going to go out and be, the, I'm, I'm the, I'm the best guy at this, 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 that hat, even at the time I was like, man, it's a little weird. Like he just isn't talking at all about this other stuff that clearly happened and holes in his game that are clearly there this time. While he's not talking necessarily about like different things that he could probably stand to improve on. There has been a, a, a significant acknowledgement around the troubles of the past, both yes. things that probably were controllable by him and out of his control. And I do think that is a big difference. Like that is a huge, that is a huge tone shift for him even just if you go back and listen to that jj podcast like you'll you'll it, it was head scratching at times about just like some of the answers and how and how it was like you know it's just trying to prove the haters wrong and all this stuff there's nothing like going on there's nothing like that in here there's no digs at the media there's no digs at fans who aren't on board with it there's no talk of like it's mostly just acknowledging things that went wrong talk and talking about how he's feeling going to the season. I do feel like that represents a big difference. And really, I think it lines him up for an incredible comeback story here. If, if, if you want to go look at the, you know, the, the best case scenario for this. Speaking of, and we'll talk about best case scenarios, it ties to the Brooklyn Nets, but speaking of taking digs, um, when he was asked about being excited to play and creating with Mikhail Bridges and Cameron Johnson in this current team, what was your reaction to this, Doug? When he said, I think just yeah, no, playing with yeah. guys who are just easy to play with that just have one goal and that's to win. I don't think guys have to do too many, have too many individual goals. Simmons said, I think the team is going to come first. And I think the culture that Jock Vaughn general manager, Sean Marks are building now has been incredible. Is that, or is that not in your mind, a slight shot at the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving era, where obviously there was much more than just basketball going on. We understand how good those players are and what it means to have them and the expectations. But if, if you're Ben Simmons and you're injured and away from basketball, do you think it's easy to maybe sit there and, and watch those guys and how that unfolded and go, man, like, was there a time when you guys genuinely wanted to be here or was it always hanging on a thread? I mean, I always am skeptical of things that are said like that about whether or not it's just, they're so easy to interpret, right? It's like, oh, right. I love these guys. Like, so it's like, it's like the, um, you know, the proof of something in, 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 from the lack of something else it's like just because you say you like playing with these guys doesn't mean you hated playing with everyone else like i i just right. don't i i can never go all the way on on some of those quotes because i just don't think it's like totally fair like i don't think everybody 
would want to be taken one super literally on every single thing they said, and also taking things sort of out of context to be able to shape into a way that it makes a good for a good soundbite, right? Which we're doing now. We're talking about it. And I, and I agree. And I, and I know why you brought it up and I was going to bring it up too. It's like, Oh, so you like Mikhail bridges. That means you hate Kyrie Irving. It's like, that's not right. what that means. There's not, you know, um, that rule of <laughs> that rule of replacement doesn't necessarily happen when it comes to quotes, but I'd be shocked if, like there was, if he felt less pressure on himself right now than he did last year. And that is, that yeah. is pushing toward a, a more positive tone from him because there was a ton of pressure going into last season with a totally new situation that doesn't exist now. And that has to at least make it easier right on him. Like from the, from the working back standpoint. Well, and that's also, by the way, like, and I was going to say, it has maybe even less to do with the on-court stuff or just circumstantially. If you think about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that era of Nets basketball, they are, they're waiting for Ben Simmons to get back out there on the court because they know what it yep. means. They know what it can unlock. That's on the heels of having to move off of James Harden. So all of these things are happening for those superstars. And Ben Simmons is left probably with the organization, the players going, hey, if you can, you know, we're waiting on you, buddy. Like, you need to get there. So perceptually, now you have Mikhail Bridges, who has been, if nothing, like at a minimum, is absolute team number one guy, totally bought into the organization, right? He's at the Liberty Games, by the way, is there is there winning playoffs and moving on yeah. in the WNBA bracket. Like that is a lot easier also to buy into as well, right? I'm gonna be I'm gonna play with guys that, that want to be here and that want to be a part of this culture and want to build this thing. It's all circumstantial that you're here, Ben Simmons, and you've been waiting to get healthy. So those things I think can just kind of coalesce to hopefully lead to what feels like a much more positive situation for Ben Simmons. And that's why coming up here in one second, we'll take a look at if this is the best version of Ben Simmons, how far do we move the needle on expectations for the upcoming season for the Brooklyn Nets? We get into that in just one second. Before we get to that, I'll tell you about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. How do I know? Because I basically have not taken the Bird Dogs off since the summer started. And we're in the fall now. That doesn't matter. The Bird Dogs stay on, boy. <laughs> like these things, since Stand they up. came in the, the mail. Oh, uh, they came in the mail back in May with a re-up sometime around June. And I've probably spent 90 plus percent of my waking and probably sleeping hours wearing the bird dogs they're so comfortable they get the stretch khaki shorts they get, they're good for any situation you want to go get active you know do a workout bird dogs are perfect for you, you want to go out bird dogs are perfect for you, you want to hit the golf course bird dogs match up well there too bird dogs are just good for basically any occasion these are wife approved as well too like sometimes you have i have to be taking a little bit of the fashion grain of salt but the wife approves of them as well the bird dogs can go into any situation you need to get yourself into some bird dogs as well you go to birddogs.com slash locked on nba or you enter the promo code locked on nba checkout you're gonna get a free uh, bird dogs water bottle with your order that's birddogs.com slash locked on nba get that free water bottle at checkout Go grab yourself a pair of shorts. Go grab yourself a pair of pants from Bird Dogs. You will thank us later. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Okay, so wrapping up the fantastic discussion around Ben Simmons and his return to glory for the Brooklyn Nets, helping this team surprise everybody in the upcoming season. Before we talk specifically with the Nets and what it could mean, last couple of notes here, and maybe I'm going to speak to the most um, incredible takeaway that I had from this and the most insightful one is that that's what I am. And this was asking about the point guard position. 
And he said this in the Mark Spears interview as well. I'm a point guard. As much as people want to put me in, everyone's a GM in their head. I'm a point guard. He said this with a smile. And I think with the team we have, I think it's constructed well for us to have a good run. He has now doubled down on the yep. position that he wants to play. Now, I'd like to believe that with all the other positive messages that are coming out of his interviews, that this is also something that's been discussed with Jock Vaughn, Sean Marks, and the Brooklyn Nets. Are, are we safe to assume, looking at the roster construction and understanding where the void is there, that on-ball creator and facilitator for this offense, that Ben Simmons, in fact, is saying this because he knows that's what the role is going to be? Or is he trying to push himself into that specific area? Well, it sounds a lot better than saying can't wait to be the backup center, right? So, like, I, I think ideal. that I, – I, <laughs> Oh, you know what? Real quick, also true, too, because we just talked about Nicholas Claxton, and we all know how we feel about him and how the NBA is growing to feel about him. That's a really good point. Like, Ben Simmons doesn't step in and take over the starting role from Nicholas Claxton. So you're also maybe speaking to, where's my spot on this roster? I think that it makes sense from uh, I know why he's not saying like, I'm going to do whatever the, t the team needs for me. I think that, although that would be a good soundbite too, I think I, so maybe there's a little, there's a little concern here that when the rubber actually meets, has to meet the road, whether or not he'll be in the starting lap. I do think that from a comeback trail standpoint, by the way, get, get, I'll give you some of my thoughts. Most um, comeback player of the year, not a, not an award anymore. But I, I have a question for you on this, uh, which right. I'll ask in a second. But from that standpoint, I do think, and I said this before, we said this on other podcasts. I think a lot of the story is going to get told so quickly that we're just going to know, right? Like yeah. we're just going to know preseason, first game of the year, what the role is. I do take some of this talk as just talk until we see it i know he's saying i'm gonna be the point guard that's the position i play that's where i want to be it would feel nuts to talk about that having had no discussions with Jacques vaughn i feel like he probably has i mean he in the spears interview he said that he had been in pretty good con contact with vaughn over the summer that they had spoken a lot that they kind of like never really spoken before that much before this summer <laughs> and now they were talking like more even now in interview like he's referencing it like you know, great to meet this guy for the first time. I really like him. Like you said, like he he is offering his yeah. perspective on a coach as if he was signed this offseason as a free agent, which is not a bad thing, but it does just speak to where he was in these in these previous seasons for the Brooklyn Nets. He was a non-factor. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it and it just doesn't sound like there was any communication going on. Not a great look for the Nets uh from this standpoint. Yeah. But the <laughs> you know, it, it would feel crazy to be speaking about this if you hadn't had a discussion, unless there's is actual disagreement about this and he's making a case for himself. Like, I'm not really sure. So I, I, I could see both things happening. It sure doesn't seem like there's animosity. So I'm, I'm not so worried about that again, though, this is one of those situations that I think we're just going to know, like we're going to watch the first two preseason games or whatever and be like, Oh, what's the plan here? <laughs> or, 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 Oh, this is the plan. And, I usually, I never say this about anything, almost everything, basketball, life, everything I'm willing to take sort of the long game with, because I feel like quick attitudes and quick decisions and just like lightning fast, just like opinions about stuff almost always look stupid, right? Yeah. Everyone that does it almost always looks stupid in the, in the aggregate. Right. This is one of those situations where I'm willing to put aside my patience around opinions like that and say, I think we're kind of just going to know. And we're either going to get real excited 
comeback player of the year, which they, again they don't they don't have it anymore. But if they did comeback player of the year, or well, that was just a load of talk, and now we're looking. Now we got one more year of this terrible contract. Maybe that's wrong, but I, I that's how I feel going into this situation. It's a shame that Doug, uh, his two reactions that he illustrated would be possible when Ben Simmons gets on the court. The first one was the negative one. It was the, oh, <laughs> didn't quite get there. Whereas the yeah. other side of it is it being glowingly positive. I, and I do agree with you. And honestly, but you know, in my mind, I think not only we'll, we'll know it, like you say, on the court, it'll just look right if he's back. But I also just like the idea, preseason or otherwise, maybe it's, maybe it's game one opening night of the season. It's the Ben Simmons on ball, bringing it up the court. Maybe it kicks it out to the wing to a Mikhail Bridges, but then he drives the paint and the return feed is there and the elevation is there. Just give me one aggressive throwdown. Like that to me would be that that would be the symbolic statement of yeah. everything that we saw previously where it was little tentative, not attacking at the basket physically doesn't look like he has the same kind of athletic you know, ability with some of the restraints that he's going to have around himself. One moment like that one play. And I'll and I'll do I'll, I'll be drinking the Kool-Aid out in the field, unconcerned about whether or not it's actually a poison pill, because that's what I think if you're a Nets fan, you have to be hanging your hat on because we didn't even get into it. And we will talk about it over the course of the summer here and leading up to the training camp summer. It's over. It's the fall now um, is is how does this change the team? If he comes yeah. out, and he looks 100 percent healthy. It changes the entire dynamic of not only the offense, not only the starting unit, the second unit. Everything can shift here in a really big way. So it's going to be fun to watch. And yes, at the end of it all, TBD. We'll wait and see. <laughs> Look, they got they got rid of the comeback player of the year. This is my last question for you. They got yeah. rid of the comeback player of the year. I just had it in front of me. Maybe I just clicked off it. Uh, I think it was eighty six. That was the last year. It was the last year they won it. And then they yeah eighty six. Marquez Johnson. Um, they didn't really do it for very long. Now they kind of just turned it into most improved player of the year. And it's kind of to celebrate like, and sort of like up, that, and you know? up and coming guys. Um, if they had the comeback player of the year right now with our friends on FanDuel, mm-hmm. like where do you think Simmons would be? Do you think he'd be the favorite? I'm, I'm saying like in terms of like narrative, or do you think that it would just be like the biggest suckers bet ever? Right. And look, I, I'm putting you on the spot here because we didn't talk about who the different options here could be. Um, and comeback player of the year can mean lots of different stuff. Like, like uh, actually, maybe maybe Zion would be the favorite, right? He's gonna like hasn't played yeah. at all, and like now he's gonna go back and play a whole season, whatever. Where do you think Simmons would be? Like on this, don't don't have to give the actual odds, but like, do you think he'd be yeah. like near the top in terms of, like because it feels like a narrative kind of thing? I think he'd be like in a, in a top ten kind of range, right? And and to relate it back to the DPOY we talked about with Claxton, there's a lot of guys clumped together in a similar area. I think he'd be at the back end of the top ten. But if you were scanning through it, you'd say, mm, not you know, I wouldn't say it's entirely not worth it. Throw a couple of speculative bucks down on a guy like that because you know what the ceiling is, right? And you mentioned Zion, a player like that, same thing. You know what the ceiling can be. Ben Simmons falls into that category, and arguably, if I could, yeah, I probably would. I'd put that bet in. Well, the problem with the comeback player of the year is that you had to come back from something, which means it was like super bad for you at some point. That's, the, oh, that's yeah. probably why they got, get probably why they got rid of it. It's like. It's like, oh, I just got out of rehab. Comeback player of the year. <laughs> right? <Come> just like... <laughs> All right, we're going to get out of here. Make sure you join us for the Nets conversation on subtext. Having a ton of fun on subtext. Mostly just gives me an excuse to text about the Nets all day long um, and just get responses one-on-one from people and just have a conversation. Join subtext slash locked on Nets to be part of the group that's over there. We're having a lot of fun with it. Just try it out for free. It's a free 14-day trial. Join subtext.com slash locked on Nets. 
When this is done, jerk face, I will hold your tarnished and melted pin up to my trophy as your smoldering ship marks your mire. That's Brendan Sanderson from something called Skyward. It just seems like maybe Ben Simmons will use that at some point. No, one of the all-time great poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.